0: Every now and then, Husker Nation, you need to pull in a Hall of Famer to get some insight. You are Locked On Huskers, your daily podcast on the Nebraska Cornhuskers, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hey everybody, it's this day, from 937, ticket in Lincoln, Nebraska. You are here with us on Locked On Huskers, Locked On Go Big Red. As a part of the Locked On Sports Network Network, we appreciate you guys hanging out with us each and every day and making this podcast, the Lockdown Huskers Podcast, your first watch and listen each and every single day. I want to thank the folks from Bet Online for providing us all the props, all the odds, all the lines. They got some good ones this week. Hey, walking into this one, the Huskers are a seven-point underdog against Illinois at home. And the over-under. Sits nicely at 51. Hmm. We'll talk more of those numbers as we get into the course of the show. We're going to bring in, um, quite frankly, um, this is family. This, this is the legacy and that's that's such. So before we bring them in, let me ask you to like, subscribe, follow. You guys have been exceptional. The jump in the numbers, greatly appreciate you folks doing that. Uh, but share this content. Let your Husker Nation fans know, friends know, that they can get this content online and whatever, uh, whatever way you you digest your podcast. But let's bring him in. Um, I don't know if he's 56 or 44, depends on the day, <laughs> depends on how he likes to do it. But this is all heads to bed, Husker, all a favorite, Jay Foreman. Thank you, kind sir. What's happening?
1: Not much, man. I'm, I'm, using, I'm 44. You know, 56 <laughs> was good. You know, 44 is a little bit special, not a little bit. I feel like, uh, I might have the market cornered on 44, so I my dad does, but I think in Lincoln and Nebraska, I do, so I'm I'm roll with 44 right now.
0: That 44 number has value. Let's tell the story of why you chose Nebraska over everything else. Uh,
1: well, I mean, I, I kind of – well, first of all, Nebraska wasn't recruiting me at first. Uh, they were up there, uh, whether they want to admit it or not, checking out Lane Kiffin, who's obviously become somewhat notorious and obviously famous for coaching now. And a couple other guys that were on his team, they were pretty stacked. And I ended up having a good game. And next thing you know, Coach Osborne and Coach Young, uh, you know, rest, rest in peace, used to, you know, would start calling me. So, um, you know, Miami had offered, and that's where I kind of had my heart set on. Everybody in my family went there, except for my oldest uncle, who wasn't uh, obviously able to go because once after 1968 and they were integrated, they started to recruit African Americans. So all my, uh, my two, my dad, my two uncles, uh, two other uncles, and I guess my non blood related uncles went to Miami. And so it was probably like eight, eight brothers from from Frederick went there and just, mm-hmm. you know, took over campus. So I, we grew up in Miami household. So the only thing I knew about Nebraska was uh, every year that I really started watching college football. They play um, Miami in the Orange Bowl. And of course, Nebraska win. And one of my best friends growing up uh, was from, his family is from Nebraska. His dad was, you know, went to Lincoln, lived in Minnesota. And so when I moved there, he was the first kid that welcomed me in the neighborhood. And that's all he talked about was Coach Osborne in Nebraska, Cornhusker Nation. And then so every January 2nd or whatever, the day after we would always get together and he'd be so frustrated when we get back to school. Um, And then next thing you know, Coach Osborne's recruiting me and, uh, you know, he comes into school you know, I didn't really I knew who he was, of course, you know, in the, in the year that they were recruiting me was 1993. So it was his first year. They were undefeated. They were on their way to play Florida State. And, you know, he came to my school. Uh, it was like partying of the Red Sea. Everybody literally was running out of class and Coach Osborne was there. And, you know, my high school was, at that time was big, but wasn't the biggest. But still, it, it just the cafeteria was down in the first level. And so everybody was crowded up around the second level, looking down on coach Osborne second and third level. It looked like, you know, I don't know, whatever movie that was what everybody was throwing toilet paper, but they weren't throwing on coach Osborne, but that's, it was kind of like an amphitheater type of deal. And so I just got a glimpse of him. And back then they couldn't talk to you directly at school. So he just kind of must've sized me up or whatever. And he was coming to my house later that night, met him, um, probably said about five words to him to be honest with you. He knew everything about my dad. My grandfather, who um, played basketball and baseball at Bowie State and for for quite some time, he held the rebounding record at Bowie State, which is a, a college in uh, upper, upper Maryland. And so he knew my family history. I mean, obviously, my dad is should be in the Hall of Fame player. So, you know, that's the easiest thing he could do. But he knew everything about my dad, um, both on and off the field, knew everything about my grandparents, both on and off the field. So they, you know, he he knew he had it to kind of flip my dad before even getting to me, you know, and he did a good job of it. And, um, you know, he trusted Coach Osborne right from the get-go. Coach Osborne is a man of his word, man of faith, obviously. Um, the only question I asked him, if I ever, if I got hurt, you know, between then and – or the time I commit and maybe, you know, I got to campus, would, would I still have a scholarship? And he said 100%. You, once I make a commitment, he's committed. So that was huge for me um I think Miami probably thought I was you know locked in and then they went on Pell grant or went on probation for giving guys too much money in Pell grants now look we're here 30 40 years later and they got Nil uh-huh. um you know to be honest with you for you know Husker fans out there you know where I was probably really gonna go and I, and I hate saying this is I was gonna go to Iowa uh that's who I who the first big school, that was on i went michigan state where the first two big time schools after me had a really good uh, relationship with their defensive back coach and running back coach but they had this funky thing academically where i think they were just trying to get me down there early but they were telling me i was going to have to take college courses for no credits and i was like hey that's not worth my time you know i got one last summer you know not even thinking about you know they they had told me they wanted me to play as a freshman and then it came down to one crucial thing. And this is what separates um, really, really good coaches. Or not, I shouldn't say, let me, what separates Coach Osborne from other coaches. Hayden Fry was a coach at the time, Hall of Fame coach. Hayden Fry and Iowa didn't make a bowl game at that time. Hayden Fry didn't want to make an in-home visit. Coach Osborne, on the way to Miami to face Florida State, Took time to come up and have an in home visit with me and my dad when he had the biggest game, you know, and not the biggest, well, the biggest game at that point in time in his career to fit, win his first national championship. And this is the first year that Nebraska kind of went down there, it looked like they were on the same level as, you know, at that time, Florida State. And he came to see me, you know, or at least came to my house or made it part of his trip. That was probably 85% of the commitment came on the visit, felt at home, close to home. Uh, And that was a big deal for me to have my dad be able to to be within, you know, easy travel distance to get there and and watch me play. And, you know, Minneapolis is only, you know, five or six hours depending on how how fast you drive door to door to Lincoln. And so um, the rest was history. And, you know, I came here with low expectations. I came here just to, you know, my thing was I wanted to graduate, work hard, and be able to start by my senior year. That was it. Now I came here, <laughs> worked hard. Wednesday I wouldn't say I worked so hard at school, but it worked pretty hard for me. I had good grades, and then I ended up starting four years. And so, um, you know, the opportunity was there. Uh, I I really, really embraced football here. I love football. I um, obviously still do, but love watching football, so it was good to watch tape. I had never played defense before, so everything that I was – experiencing was new but i was welcoming you know the the good bad and the ugly and so i was able and i had good guys that to emulate i had troy dumas and clint brown who were troy ended up being a professional clint brown was a great mentor and he's a coach at uh Stephen f austin right now so he kind of mentored me you know uh, early in my career
0: we, that's a good sticking point um we're gonna go to break when we come back um, first of all, thank the folks in Bet Online. I will pick Jay's brain on a daily basis about the games that are on schedule for this week, and the one that re- stands out to me is Ohio State at 15 and a half point favorite over Penn State in Happy Valley. But that's courtesy of the folks in Bet Online. You can jump on there uh, and get your curiosity on all of that in play. We'll be right back. Tomorrow, guys. Welcome back to Locked On Huskers. Locked On Go Big Red. We have Nebraska Hall of Famer, Jay Foreman. Legend, uh, and and an all-around good dude. Um, and, and that's probably the best part of why we like having these conversations, because Jay has uh he has insight um for an introvert to get out of his his comfort zone and share his stories um, makes it all the more <laughs> makes it all that more interesting. You mentioned Coach Osborne. So yeah. For Husker Nation and Husker fans, what's the first thing that comes to mind when you think of Coach Osborne?
1: Uh, you know, I have a pretty strong father figure and, I, and had father figures in my life, but Coach Osborne was right there with him. So he's like a dad. Uh, you know, if I pick up the phone and call and need to talk to him today, he'd, get, he'd either answer or get back to me. So he's everything you'd want in a parent uh, and a person of in a leadership position. When I think of him as a coach, he's consistent um you know i always say the one thing about coach osborne he worked as hard but he was fair you know and and i think most athletes can can accept that you know it was a lot of hard work um he pushed us to the max i think he got more out of i know he got more out of me than i ever thought i could get and that's a, you know that's a tribute to him and would me be willing to go that far um but you know also one thing that um that's i think missing in today's coaches is coach osborne really cares You know uh to this day he'll ask about you know my family my kids uh loved ones and stuff like that just like it was 94 and 95 and all that stuff so uh coach osborne's a big influence he was a big influence on me without even have to talk to him every day just the way he moves and how how he handled adversity you know we had a lot of adversity i learned from that and always would think what would coach osborne do so you know he's his legacy as far as uh his influence on, on me and the, on the players is, is second to none.
0: How would you describe to Husker fans the things, or the traits about Coach Osborne that are necessary in the next head coach at the University of Nebraska?
1: Well, number one, he had a plan, and he had a detailed plan. And so I'm going to say this again. He had a plan, and he had a detailed plan. And And, and then also with that detailed plan, he also left room to pivot and to compromise as well. So, and and here's also one thing about Coach Osborne, probably one of the best play callers of his time. But he always was learning. He always was learning. And so, I think if you think of qualities, you want somebody that believes in Nebraska truly. So it's not hollow words. Number two wants to be here, not only by his words but by his actions. Number three has a plan, and number and three B is to be a very detailed plan and have a plan. For individuals, groups—that means position groups—holistically as a team, and I think one of the better things that he does that he doesn't get a lot of credit for is he let he had a foundation of core values for the that he wanted as a football team, i.e., players as well, and then he let the coaches go out and take those core values and become them. So when they were going out selling Nebraska and, and seeing a you know a player from Eden Prairie, Minnesota, at this point in time was probably all potential um who knows what would have came out of it they saw okay well he could possibly be this he could possibly be that because we know him right so he's imploring those those coaches that know the players and so those are the things that you know which me saying them are pretty easy but having those all of them uh are been obviously been hard for us to find but i think uh you know they're out there and i think sometimes you have to foster those as well from leadership positions so i think it's definitely. uh definitely doable, but you know, I, I like where Nebraska is at right now. Um, and I think they're going to be, you know, a team to be reckoned with in the future.
0: Can this team take the next step and, uh, several conversations this weekend the question that came to mind was, are we asking too much of interim head coach, Mickey Joseph in this short period of time? Can we give, can we expect him to make that turnaround? Is that possible? Or are we asking too much?
1: Well, um, well, yes and no. I mean, cause you, you, you I think he's probably been, uh, you know, I'm not going to call him intern. I'm going to call him head coach for four mm-hmm. weeks. Right. So he's been, so that means he has to undo four years of some pretty serious bad habits. Right. So I think in that sense, it's too much, but then also, I don't think not because I know Mickey or no, I could, I've appreciated and see Mickey from afar. I know what he's built on and how, what he feels like as a coach. And so, so in that, sense, in that sense, I say no. But then also, I'm going to put it on the players. This, there's a ton of season left. or We're starting to dwindle down. I know we've been saying this for a while. There's still a lot of season left. You control your own destiny. Every game is winnable. So go out there and win them. Um, and I think they can win every game on the rest of the, their schedule. They just got to do the small things, which are those details I talked about before. And everything will come. It won't be easy, right? And it never was going to be easy. So uh, that didn't change, but the opportunity is there, and that's the thing to take advantage of it.
0: Does he deserve the right to pick his own staff and, and get to work?
1: Uh, well, I mean, if if Mickey if if he's hired as a full time coach, I mean, of course, I mean that would, I mean, I guess that would be a formality. So, I mean, that's any coach though, too. So. Um, you know, it's not an easy decision, and I think the greatest thing up until this point that that uh, Trevor or that Mickey has done is is now that he's made this this decision even harder, I think. And the improvement that you've seen, just in a matter of a couple of weeks out of that bye week, is is more than noticeable. If you if if you're watching the game and don't see an improvement, even when they haven't looked good, right? Even like say Rutgers game, it, you can see that it was it's different. So if you don't see the difference, then you're not really trying to see anything but what you predetermined to watch. So that right there is encouraging because that means, you know, that there's more in the tank that you can kind of get out of everybody. And I think he's going to continue to do it.
0: We're going to throw it to another break. Again, we're here, here with Husker Hall of Famer, Jay Foreman, um, lots to talk about in this space, of course, as we do this um, in the next segment, uh, get inside that space of what can be expected throughout the rest of the season from this particular team. Uh, but we'll thank the folks from Online. Again, another thing, another prop. This week it was interesting that Northwestern and Iowa play each other. Iowa <laughs> is an 11-point favorite. The over-under is 36. That would be the lowest – that would be the poorest offensive game in history. We'll talk more about what's happening this week in the Big Ten when we come back. Welcome back, DP, with the Hall of Famer Jay Foreman. I, um, I'm, I, I, my mind is blown. Once again, Jay, we could we could miss the lead, which is that in spite of all things up to this point, if Nebraska beats Illinois at home Saturday, <laughs> they sit atop the a Big Ten West. <laughs> like, is that is that is that too simple? Does that make does that make sense?
1: it makes perfect sense to me go out there and win and you 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 control your own destiny. If there, I mean, this is a thing where you continue to get opportunities, right? You you know, you continue in the bye week came at a good time to kind of refresh and recharge for this last five weeks, but it's a team that's beatable. Um, a team that's been playing well. And so I think you not only can be a top of the big 10 West with a victory, but also make a statement throughout the whole big 10. So, um, it's a game that hopefully, you know, that they'll come out prepared for and, and both mentally and physically. And uh it's a game I look forward to them winning.
0: Are you surprised at all at the seven point spread?
1: No, not really. I, I think the I think the seven point spread is normal. And you know what, to be honest with you, Nebraska has an under-underdog. I like them better than being favorite. We haven't been good at the favorite. So uh, you know, I'll I'll take them as a seven point underdog and maybe we'll win by 17. Um, you know, look it, Illinois has been playing really well all year. And and to be honest with you, the uh, the Big Ten West, they've been the most consistent. But they also have some holes. And they've also not blown everybody out. I think sometimes people can get mesmerized by how well they played their last game or their overall record and not dive into the details. I.e., same way with Nebraska as well. You can look at our record, but like they don't have a chance. And so maybe that's it. I like Nebraska's chances. Now they gotta go out and earn it, and that's what makes Illinois consistent. They make you earn it. But I think if you go out there and earn it and take it, you know, we'll be happy come Sunday morning. It's
0: it's fantastic, right? That with the star power in this game, it's a 230 kickoff here, which allows the fan base to, to kind of engage in a different way. Um, but I look at it this way: if Nebraska defensively does what it can. It has a simpler opportunity. Who are the key guys with the new Kalarbic uh, moves inside right. uh, to replace Heinrich, who's out for the season? Um, how does that play out? As a linebacker, I'll ask you, how does that play out?
1: Well, I mean, you should be – this is a game that you, you you need to be ready for and, and looking forward to. There's going to be plenty of opportunity to make plays. Uh, you got to go out there and, and earn it against a good offensive line, well coached. Obviously, I think uh, Browns, if he's not the best back in the Big Ten, um, he's one of them. He's definitely one of the best backs in the nation. Um, now he's starting to get some national accolades, but he, that, he's always been that guy. And so it, it's going to be one up front, the depth of Nebraska, the, 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 the rotation that they've been working on the last three or four weeks is going to pay dividends. Um, the guys that are playing at the second level, have got to do a really good job of playing with heavy and violent hands and coming when you come to tackle, you know, come for real. And I think one thing that you can do against a good back and a good running attack, is multiple guys to the ball bringing that heat to them and that's what that's going to do is take away any confidence and momentum that they can get to potentially think that they can you know get um, explosive plays in the run game because i like nebraska's chances getting third and medium and third and long i like their chances uh this week better than say last week against purdue so i think if, you know the game's going to be one first and second down and uh, we got to tackle in space and tackle in small small spaces, but we got to win the line of scrimmage. We cannot lose the line of scrimmage, and we got to have guys that are going to make some plays and uh, win some one on one battles. It
0: that it's been a pleasure. It's always again I get the honor of working with this man every day, um, but I want to share him in this space to folks outside of the circle who don't normally get to hear Jay Foreman. Break it down as he does. He breaks it down better than anybody in this market. Uh, it's a pleasure and joy to work with him. Uh, again, we want to thank the folks from Bet Online. We want to thank the folks uh, from Locked On Sports, uh, the Locked On Huskers podcast, and the Locked On Go Big Red. It is a pleasure each day to bring this to you first thing in the morning and first watch, first listen. Uh, that's what we're here for, and that's what, what, what we enjoy doing. Um, Jay Foreman will close with those three words that Lincoln, Nebraska, and University loves so much. Go
1: Big Big Red. Red.